0: And we're back once again with the Lakers Fast Break podcast. It's Gerald Glassford from Pop Culture Cosmos, the Lakers Fast Break, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football welcoming you once again to another edition of the program. And my goodness, there is a lot to talk about from the last time I got a chance to go ahead and be on the show. So you know what? Hang on for a great ride because with me today, back after some power trouble, but you know what? We're so glad to have him on here. He is right there with you when it comes to being a Lakers fan. He is the man behind Lakerholics.net. You got to go check out his awesome site, Lakerholics.net, and interact with dozens, hundreds of Laker fans that are out there that just go ahead and just storm it each and every day as far as checking out all the comments that are there, the great articles, and so much more. It's Lakerholics.net. And of course, the man behind it is right here with me now. It's Laker Tom. Laker, Tom, just great to have you on there. And my thoughts are with you and everyone out there in California. The fires there, I know they're still going on. And please, just be safe to everyone that's out there that are affected by the fires.
1: Really appreciate that, Gerald. Uh, Fortunately, we've just had to live with the power outages as a result of PG&E trying to prevent more mishaps happening. Really feel for the Los Angeles area now that's really getting the brunt of it with the uh, fires and uh, near LeBron's home and everything. And it's definitely a sign that global climate change is, is affecting everything. And we're we're now facing in Northern California, freezing weather now coming in. And that's the only thing that basically saved us from being knocked out another couple of days. So appreciate the good thoughts and uh, hope everybody is safe in Southern California and Northern and further North in California, where the fires are raging and My God, we got to do something about pg and E. That's all I gotta say about that one.
0: I hear you, I hear you on that. As someone who lived for 25 years in SoCal, who experienced it pretty much every summer when you're you know you're talking about all the major fires that happen and the brush fires, how much it can affect the the people that are around your neighbors, the families, everything of that nature. It is something that's very tragic. I appreciate LeBron, who his himself has been displaced. His family has been displaced by the fires. He's talked about it on Twitter, but you know what? His jumper and his performance hasn't been displaced. It's been great news for the Lakers, but I do want to give him kudos for going ahead and providing meals to the firefighters out in Los Angeles. So I want to give him big props on Taco Tuesday, of course. You know, I had to be on Taco Tuesday with a taco truck, but still, nonetheless, very gracious of him to do so, to go ahead and put the money out for that even though he himself is displaced by the fires that's out there. But again, his performance hasn't been displaced, but we'll talk about all that coming up here on the show. We're going to talk about what's been going on, because since we last talked, my friend, three-game win streak, we're heading out on the road looking a lot better than we did this time last week.
1: Yeah, it's been an amazing three games. It's kind of funny that the uh, the competition started with the Jazz which was a pretty good game and a close game, but the third quarter we really broke out, and and that sort of set a tone for these third-quarter breakouts. I was looking back through the team stats for the defensive ratings by quarter for the team so far. We currently rank as the number four defense in the league, and our performances in the first and second quarters were not so great. You know, I think they were four and six or something like that, but we came into the third quarter with like a 79 rating that was – hands above the best rating in the league. And if you go back and then look, I took a look then at the stats for the individual players to see who is playing defense. And you'll remember from our initial talks at the start of the season, that there was a lot of talk about all of these veteran players that we have, who at one point in time were former all defensive NBA players. We had nine guys who have defensive ratings under 100, including all of those veterans. Headed by Caruso has been doing a great job on defense. LeBron has been actually under 100, which is the first time since, I think, his second or third year in the league when he had that good of a rating. Dwight Howard has been outstanding. It's Almost, just been, very,
0: almost a shocker right there for you.
1: Well, remember, I told you that Howard was going to be the surprise, my surprise pick for the player other than LeBron or AD, who was going to really be a force for the Lakers. He kind of stumbled around in that first game, but he's come to life. And I know one of the one of the people on the blog, had one of the big discussion things we would had is what has been the trigger behind this third quarter resurgences that we've had in the last three games. And a lot of it has been, I think, Frank Bogle's ability to have a pulse on who's hot and who's not and putting the right players and the right combinations on the floor to really get the team going but it's been that defensive intensity that's come in there. And guys like Caruso and Howard and AD have been, AD has played a lot of the third quarter alone. Those have been the players who have really triggered it. And, and it's 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 really been great news for the Lakers. The offense, we're ranked number 10 in offense, which surprised me because we're, we're like the 24th worst shooting three-point team in the league again. In fact, we only have two players who are shooting better. Dudley, who's taken two threes and Danny Green, who's shooting 50%. Other than that, every other player on the team, and there's seven other guys who have taken three-point shots, are shooting 30% or less. So that's one of the blessings that we've got that we haven't seen yet is when we get Kuzma and Rondo back and the team starts to shoot like it's capable of, we're going to be even better team than we are so far. And right now we have the biggest differential in net rating between our offensive rating and defensive rating of any team in the league. And it's been because of those last three games, maybe not the toughest competition, but at the same time, it's it's signs that uh, it was done by defense. And uh, I think we all believe that if you have a defensive team that can really be a top four defensive team and go out there, you'll be in every single game Uh, shooting can come and go, but if you've got that defense in there every time, you still have a chance to win, and, and we've done that despite having some games where we haven't shot the ball the way that we'd like to shoot it.
0: Absolutely, my friend. And I'll tell you what, it's been great to see that third quarter turnaround each and every game so far over the weekend with the second, third, and fourth games. Utah, Charlotte, Memphis, they both were putting up a fight in the first half. It seemed like that whatever maneuvers, whatever changes that – Frank Vogel would make it seems to be working in the second half. Adjustments that he makes at halftime has been very good so far. I mean, it's led to a whether it's midway or whether it's late in the third quarter, each and every time they get that burst of energy that just seems to cause the separation between them and the other team. And it's usually facilitated by the defense. The defense has been very, very prolific. During those last two quarters, especially right around, like I said, after the halfway mark in the third quarter where they go ahead and really separate themselves and distance themselves. And it's all due to the defense. I still think, like you had said, that there's a lot to work on on the offensive end. And that was something we weren't even talking about two weeks ago when we thought the offense was way ahead of the defense. It seems to have worked in reverse where the defense is now being very proficient when they want to go ahead and turn it on and the offense to me, just does not flow well yet. I know that's also something that we're going to go ahead and see better things out of. I just think that it's still a long way to go on the offense. I just don't see that cohesion in their play running yet. And I know Frank Vogel sees the same thing. So I know he's going to still make some tweaks here and there. But there's also things to look forward to because of the fact that, hey, they're still rated 10th in offense and their offense really hasn't found that other gear as of yet.
1: The defense, what's really been outstanding though, has been the uh, their ability to hold other teams shooting down. I mean, we're holding opponents to 40% from the field for the first four games and under 30% from the three-point line. So it's it's been a very effective defense. And, and you can see it when you watch the game because we're contesting every single shot. The guys are really hustling hard. We lead the league in blocks with eight a game. Those are all just core fundamental signs that the team is in the right direction. You hear coaches all the time come out and and uh, talk the talk about how defense is the number one thing, and you just got to focus on that. And then the team some teams come out and they and they make a half-hearted effort. I know it's hard to sometimes for a team with players like LeBron and AD to get up for the Charlotte Hornets or the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, and those teams, you know, it's early in the season; they're still you know they're still in the race for playoffs and everything else. And they're going to come out and play hard. And they showed all of those teams did, had good first halves. I mean, you figure we, we allowed, I think, what is it, 91 points to uh, the Memphis Grizzlies, and they'd scored 15 points in the first three and a half minutes. So the rest of the game, it was obviously holding them down. So uh, I, yeah, I couldn't be happier with the situation. I'd much rather have us get off to a great start defensively and, and show our chops in that area. Because I know that we're going to shoot better than, than what we've shot so far. And that's going to make things easier. I took a look at the schedule. Until December 2nd, when we play the Denver Nuggets, we don't have anybody on the schedule who's really a threat that, that we can't take care of. Well, I'm worried about um, San
0: Antonio at San Antonio. That's always a, um, tough, been a tough game. for
1: Yeah, me. San Antonio. Well, and also Dallas. I guess Dallas has come off to a good start, although yes, yes,
0: Doncic is the real deal. He yep. is the real deal.
1: Yeah, and Porzingis. Porzingis appears to be playing well, so we'll see what happens there. But, but still, you know, I, I, you look at those. They're not. The, they're not the teams that we were worried about. They're not the Rockets, and they're not the, you know, the Nuggets and and the the teams that were really going to be competing. The Clippers. So we've got a stretch of almost 13 or 14 games during uh, until we play the Nuggets that we should be able to win, you know, 12 or 12 of those games, maybe lose a couple of games. We might have a down here and there. And I think that's the key to going through that stretch without losing a game to somebody you shouldn't lose a game to. If we can be that kind of team during that period of time, I think we can start to get a little bit of separation and, and, and a lot more confidence and and trust that we're really here legitimately one of the best teams in the league. And I think the heart of that whole matter, probably the biggest thing that I've seen happen in the last three games has been the emergence of LeBron James and Anthony Davis as what I call the Smash Brothers. You had Steph Curry and Klay Thompson always being the Splash Brothers and the way they demoralized teams by dropping threes on them and raining threes and, and just taking the heart out of teams with that kind of shooting. What we're seeing now from LeBron James and Anthony Davis is two of the most physically talented bully ball players in the league today, who just have basically uh, intimidated teams in that third quarter. and, And and just taking turns just basically attacking that basket over and over. And I've never seen any duo in the league, have two players who are multi-positional and could really impact the game the way that LeBron and AD have done in the last three games. If they continue to do this and the team around them starts to shoot the ball the way we know they can, this team is going to be a juggernaut. We're
0: signaling the ref for a quick timeout, but we'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break podcast. Well, that's one of the things I wanted to ask you is Anthony Davis, his performance, especially with the 40-point game with 20 rebounds, which in third, less than 31 minutes is an NBA, I guess, first for the shortest amount of time for an individual to have 40 points and 20 rebounds. They were talking about all the greats with Shaq, Elgin Baylor, and so many others that have had those type of games, but for him to do it in the least amount of time is saying something. But it's not just the fact that he was going ahead and had that jumper working, because for him, I think that's a key. If his jumper is working, which it wasn't the first couple games, that really helps his offense as a whole. But to see him go to the free throw line so many times where he was 26 out of 27 was truly something. But there is one caveat, and that's his shoulder. Because in the previous game, in the third game, I believe against Charlotte, he went up for a dunk and unfortunately tweaked his shoulder to the point where it is bothering him. He has noted to the press that is hurting at this point in time. And in fact, when he was out of the game, they were icing it down. He did go back to the locker room to get something adjusted for his shoulder. So it is of concern to the Lakers because here we go again when it comes to the nicks, the bumps, the bruises, the small injuries, even the the medium-sized injuries when it comes to Anthony Davis. How concerned are you And how concerned should Lakers fans be going forward in the short term with what's going on with Anthony Davis, seeing how much of a key he is to our offense, how much of a key he is to our defense, and how much of a key he is for the future going forward? How worried are you about the little nicks and bumps that he has, including this new shoulder injury, which could be prolonged, something that could last for quite a spell if it's not treated carefully?
1: He was 50-50 before that game. And I almost felt like if he was still a Pelican, that he would have taken that game off. Because that's been his history. He's, he's never had a major injury. And it's one of the things I, I really felt comfortable about with both LeBron and AD, that neither one of them has ever had the type of injuries that uh, Kawhi Leonard or Paul George had. You know, those serious major, you're out for the whole year type of injuries. The other thing I I think that sort of says something about a difference in personality that AD is now with the Lakers is playing center because almost right away in the, in the second half of that very first second game of the season, the coach comes to him and says, Hey, you know, we need you to play center. We need to pull Gobert out of the, out of the key in order to open things up for LeBron and everybody else. And it was a masterful decision. One of the first of three situations where, We've seen second-half adjustments by a head coach that we never saw in the previous years with the previous head coach. And I give Frank Vogel a lot of credit, not only for the decision that he made in making those lineup changes, but also for the fact that he involved LeBron and AD in those changes so that everybody was aboard, you know, and they made that thing. And so what I, think, I think what we're seeing is Anthony Davis really wants to win, and he's going to do whatever it takes to win he wasn't going to let himself be out of that game even though it was against the Memphis Grizzlies. And so I think that we're not going to see him worry as much about the nagging injuries. I think we'll see some some proactive load management if you will from Frank Vogel and the and the staff. They'll find times to get him time off and maybe he won't play many fourth quarters if we continue to play as well as we do in the third quarters and and you know our our defensive rating for the fourth quarters was like 110. And it's simply because we've, we've basically substituted and filled the bench with guys, and and they're just firing away, and nobody's playing defense. It's just up and down basketball, back and forth. There was a scene that I saw in the fourth quarter of that game when I looked over on the bench, and they had the camera panned on the bench, and I could see LeBron, AD, and sitting between them, Boogie Cousins, with our arms around him. And – when you think about the comments that you had made earlier in a question about the long-term relationship between the Lakers and and Anthony Davis, I think one of the smartest things that Rob Pelinka and the front office have done has to have been to embrace Boogie and keep him on the team and not cut him, making sure that he's part of the bench. He's on. The, he's out there in his uniform every day, even just dropping a rumor that hey, you know, he might not be done for the season. The one thing that that AD really appreciates. As the ability to have a center who can, a, person, a player on his team who can play center and be the stretch five so that he does not have to play center all the time. And yet nobody's going to be hugging, nobody's going to be sitting down there and holding down the paint like Gobert was holding down the paint. And that perfect solution for that is Boogie Cousins. Before he got injured, he was on pace uh, a year and a half ago before he got injured. He was on pace to be the first. Player in NBA history at center position to shoot 500 threes, like Brook Lopez did last year. So I think that the the Lakers are are playing the whole game of of how to keep Anthony Davis happy. They're making all of the right moves. They're involving him in all of the decisions. But at the same time, what I was hoping would happen, which is 80s competitive juices are flowing, and he's not. He doesn't want to sit out just for a small injury. He's going to go in there. He's going to play hard. And, and he went to the foul line 27 times. I mean, that's a lot of banging down underneath and hitting the deck over and over. I mean, he looked like Embiid. He was on that floor so many times. It's a sign that they're really serious about this. And I think the combination of, of AD and LeBron is going to wear teams down with their physicality. We've never seen a combination of two players who can bully the opposing team in tandem or taking turns the way that we've seen these guys go.
0: And that's not even including Dwight Howard or even when you include JaVale McGee into the mix. You could be literally having a, a huge front line right there that, that could really do some damage, especially if teams go small. If you, they decide to go reverse that and go big, it could lead to a lot of issues for the opponents uh, you know coming up in those games, provided AD can stay on the floor. At least he's willing to gut it out with the shoulder injury. I know there's some other teams, in fact, the Clippers, Kawhi is already sitting out a game. It's yeah, only game that. number five. So that's very interesting that he's already sitting out. It's, I, I'm sure that they already have this, this schedule on rotation when they have him going ahead and sitting out. But it's interesting that LeBron and, and AD also want to go ahead and play with each other, and they want to stay out on the court, at least for now. I'm sure that they're going to be go ahead and, and rested. And a, Anthony Davis, with his shoulder injury, however or whatever the extent of it is, is going to be in high consideration for one of those rest days coming up in the near future, I think. So we're going to have to be prepared for that. It's just to a point, when do you do it and how do you do it? And do you do it starting on this road trip? Because coming up on this road trip, starting on Friday, we're going to have a return, my friend, a return of Kuz, the Mr. Puma himself, Kuzma, Kyle Kuzma is returning back into the fold, if you're sitting there on the Lakers bench and you've got Kyle Kuzma running in saying, I'm ready to play coach. I'm ready to play. I'm back in. What would you do as far as what kind of minutes? I, Cause I know there's going to be some type of restriction and he's had no training. Yeah. He's had no previous games as far as getting in there, getting his wind, getting that conditioning going. So what would you do as far as Kuzma getting him back into the fold possibly gradually, because putting him back in hardcore and expecting him to produce at a high level, I think is unrealistic as of now. But if you do it right, it may be just something that they can count upon, maybe by the end of not even not in the end of November, maybe in two, three weeks time, you could really see him as a solid contributor, or even the contributor that you were hoping to get when he started to go ahead and make those claims about how effective he can be for the Lakers.
1: Well, it's going to be fun to see Kuz back on the floor. And I'm really excited. To, when you looked at the choices that the Lakers had and salary cap issues were obviously part of it as to who they were going to keep of the young core when they traded for Anthony Davis. Kuzma's the perfect person to, to, to be in that position because he's the guy who got along with LeBron best fit best with him. I think LeBron's assists to Kuzma were equal to his assist to all of the three guys that we traded. He also adds something that we really haven't seen a whole lot of, which is guys who can play off of the ball. Because almost all of the shooting that we're seeing taken is guys pick, getting handoffs off of picks and situations like that. We haven't seen the guys splitting to the basket other than the bigs getting dunks. So I think Kuz adds another factor that he's the perfect fit to play along with, uh, with LeBron and AD. And I expect at some point in time that you'll see a closing lineup that probably is going to include Kuzma in there with them. How soon does he play and and how many minutes does he play? I think he gets a chance to play fewer minutes for LeBron and AD in some of these games, especially over the next month when we don't have as heavy competition. Now, that may not happen at the two games coming up on the road trip, but I expect to see him get some good minutes, maybe 20 minutes a game maybe to start off with. What's going to be interesting is when Rondo's ready, and and, and he is probably, he's probably the bigger decision maker. Uh, I know that it's funny that I was reading an article where the comments were that Frank Bogle was actually trolling Laker fans with his comments about Rondo playing thirty minutes a game because he you know how many Laker fans like Gerald Glassford are down on Rondo and don't want to see him, you know, take away minutes from other people on the team. Same thing with KCP, although I noticed that KCP had the fourth best uh, defensive rating on the team, even though his shots not hitting. Yeah, but, don't uh, don't
0: tell me his shots back <laughs> because when the Lakers are up by twenty five and he can hit four shots in a row, that's great. But when the money's out there and you really they really need him to produce at a time you need him to produce, he's not so far, and he hasn't really you know he he's just a roller coaster. He can yeah, get that 25 he can get, that 25. he can get that 25-point game, but after that, you're going to get a lot of donuts. You're going to get a lot of bad things with him, and it's just his inconsistency. His inconsistency has been an issue with Laker fans, such as myself. Well, there's going to be a
1: problem with the guard position with the minutes at some point. We all know that because there there are just too many guards and not enough minutes. One of the things I think is interesting that Frank Vogel basically said that he likes to run his starting lineups in five-game stretches. So we have just had four games and Friday is the fifth game. And then possibly you might make a change. And the other thing he's talked about, which I find is very interesting. And I actually like the idea a lot is the thought of having a rotating starting position for center and point guard, depending on the matchup where you would either start Rondo or Bradley, depending upon whether we need offense or playmaking and who the other point guard is. And you would then also rotate between or alternate between starting uh, Shavel McGee and Dwight Howard at center, again, depending upon the matchup of what is who's the center that they're playing against. Now that's kind of unusual because most teams really like to have a set five-man rotation to start, in a line, start the game, and maybe they'll have a different five to finish the game, but or they'll go with a hot hand to finish the game, but generally speaking, you know, they, they like to stick with the rotation, and one of the things that I, I really like about Coach Vogel is that he's He he does tend to stick with the hot hand, but he's also not afraid to make some changes, especially if he doesn't see what's happening on the field or on the court is is really working. And that's I think one of the the things that's fueled our strong third quarters has been those moves that he's made. Caruso also, by the way, was like the second or third best defensive rating on the team. So uh, you know I've been a little bit down on Caruso because he just every time he gets in the paint we don't see a good bounce pass and. It's almost a turnover every time he runs a pick and roll, but uh, he's I know he has great, one of the highest
0: point plus minus. But he has gels. a great
1: plus minus.
0: But yeah. and, I've, and I and I agree with you in the fact that he's not looked great. He did not look like the guy the last twenty five games of last season. Yep. He's not really gelled yet himself. But the results are there when he's been out on the court. They have produced, and the team overall has been the better for it. And his defensive rating
1: has been excellent. You know, and he's made a couple of stellar defensive plays. So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, at some point in time, I guess everybody's kind of expecting that we're going to see Rondo at point guard. I'm interested to see how, you know, of all of the players who at one point in time were all defensive. Every one of those guys who's played so far is among the top six or seven players on the team in defensive raid. Bradley's been great. Howard's been great. LeBron has been great. And AD has just been spectacular, you know, and Green has been spectacular. If Rondo could actually, you know, I know this is a pipe dream, Gerald, and you're laughing on the side, but if Rondo could actually do what Bradley did and find his Celtics mojo, I mean, and play some defense and and not just be, you know, gambling on all the time for a steal and so forth, he might really fill the role. I, I You know, he's been shooting the ball well in in uh, camp and preseason, So and he shot pretty well last year at 36%. He doesn't have any gravity because everybody's going to let him shoot. But as long as you keep making them when they let you shoot, that's not a bad outcome.
0: But that's the only thing he was doing because his true shooting percentage (laughs) after that, meaning everything else he was shooting, was missing. That's the problem because his true shooting percentage was one of the worst in the NBA for a rotation player. His defense was, I think, in the 80s, as I said before with TJ, among guards. That has to be improved, upon that has to be something he cannot be a sore thumb when he gets out there. He has to show that he belongs. Yes, the Lakers do need another playmaker on the floor at times when both LeBron and AD are on the floor. I agree with you there. I'm not I'm not going to say otherwise. <laughs> but you can't tell me you take the good with the bad when the bad can be really bad. That's the problem. And that's something I see, especially if LeBron and AD are on the floor, and especially on the offensive side – And yes, he's going to facilitate the ball, but the ball comes right back to him and he cannot hit the shots that he is given because you know they're going to give him a lot of shots. Then Rondo becomes a liability that I know even you would probably say, hey, it's time to take him off the floor.
1: I think that uh, Rondo's going to have a role on the team. I don't necessarily think he's the right person to start because I really see his value being when LeBron is off the court he had a good relationship with AD and AD likes him you know you got two personalities in rondo and kcp that later fans tend to ignore the simple fact that the guys on the team who really count meaning lebron and ad like both of those guys a lot if you're a clutch sports guy you're part of lebron's family so he treats he treats kcp like his kid and he you know so i'm going to give them both a chance you know what i mean if you look at the situation, Gerald, my suddenly becoming a big supporter of Dwight Howard, anything can happen, man. We may, two or three podcasts from now, see you touting all of the great talent and contributions being made by Rajan Rondo. Anything, okay. is it's well, any, anything is possible.
0: Anything is possible. As the vaunted Kevin Garnett once said, anything <laughs> is truly possible. So all I say is this, when it comes to KCP – like what you said earlier about being uh, under LeBron's wing and all that. If he is his kid, then LeBron needs to tell his kid to start making those shots when it matters. So I'll tell well, you what, right I mean,
1: now. Think he's going to go to the bench when other guys start shooting and hitting.
0: Yes. Because yes. there's just
1: not enough minutes for guards. And so it'll sort itself out, I think. The other thing, if, too, is that Frank Bogle's done a great job of creating what's the priority on this team, which is defense. And you look at the other player who was a horrible defender last year, as well as Rondo was LeBron James, who basically didn't give a darn for defense because he was resting and he was horrible off the ball. You know, if, you know, and there's been a couple of times you've seen that this year where the guy's all alone underneath and you know, it's LeBron's guy, but the simple truth of the matter is most of the time he's been really engaged and really working hard at it. And, I think that uh, even though Rondo may not be the Rondo of the early Celtics days, you're going to play defense on this team or the other guys aren't going to stand for it. And so I think that that, you know, if Rondo can play defense, that takes away a lot of the criticism, his ability to impact the game. If he can play defense and he can become on offense, playoff Rondo, the guy who can deliver 10 assists in the game, backing up LeBron, Then uh, there's a spot for him on this roster. There's a spot for him to carve out minutes and become an important contributor in the team. So we'll see.
0: We'll be back with more of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. Needing an edge for your fantasy football team? Listen to the guys at Inside Sports Fantasy Football for insight that will help you reach your league championship. That's Inside Sports Fantasy Football. Check it out today on your favorite podcast outlet. As they head out for a three-game road trip, heading off first, they're going to go to Dallas on Friday, San Antonio on Sunday, and then Chicago on Tuesday before they head back one week from Friday back to Staples Center and face off against Miami. So it's a three-game road trip. We'll see how well they do on the road. You know, this is going to be something that's about far as a test for them to see if they can go ahead and keep that defensive pressure up. If they can get a little bit more consistency on the offensive side and if Kuzma can start getting integrated into the actual team concept, both offense and defense little by little, we're not asking for much right away. I think that'd be unfair to ask, but it's here in maybe a two, three weeks time we start seeing the coups of old. And that would be something that a lot of people I know, including myself And the big Lakers Kuzma fans that are here at my house, really happy to see if it pans out like he says it's going to. And like we as Laker fans hope it will, too.
1: What's your prediction for the next three games, Gerald?
0: Well, my prediction, I I think they'll go two and one. I think they'll Hmm. go two and one. Who's the one? The one, I think, you know what, of all of them, it's going to be San Antonio. Hmm. They never play well in San Antonio except for the point four from Derek Fisher but we you know, San Antonio doesn't like to talk about that very much so 3 and 0 3 and 0 3 and 0 there you go always thinking positive that's great to hear 3 and 0 right there for you if that's Kuzma the case Kuzma will be the
1: number 3 scorer in the team
0: maybe in that third game i don't he's not going to get enough minutes in the first game i don't that's he's just going to be two window i think
1: he's going to come out and i think that that reworked jump shot that he's been working on is really going to affect.
0: Uh, he, he looked good working out with Phil Andy. He's had time off. He looked good at USC basketball the time he mm-hmm. was there. So, yes, yeah, I, I agree did. with you on that. I do see improvement for him and for helping out the Lakers. I'm, I'm excited for that. And it's going to be, hopefully, a great road trip coming up for the Los Angeles Lakers. Before we head on out, Laker Tom, and before I make an announcement on exactly some changes that have been made with the Lakers Fast Break podcast, I want to hear your thoughts exactly on what's going on with Lakerholics.net and why people need to follow everything that goes on with your awesome site, Lakerholics.net.
1: We're off to a great start at Lakerholics.net and and the traffic has really been up. There've been a lot of people participating. We've, we've had a couple of new additions to the site. People that used to follow the old LA Times Lakers blog, where most of the regulars on Lakerholics.net actually came from. When they closed that site and... Uh, I think it was when Mark Medina went to work for another newspaper. So we've had some great discussions, and uh, everybody's really excited about the season. A surprising amount of support for Dwight Howard. Uh, There's still the large factions that are questionable and not trusting KCP and Rondo. But everybody's pretty much got an open mind, and and really uh, everybody is impressed with how the team has come together, the job that Frank Vogel's done. And the discussions have been just terrific. So I invite everybody to please stop by, drop a line. If you have a question about the site, if you want to log in and register for it, please do. And we'll make sure to get you in there. It's been a great stretch, despite my not having much computer access or Internet access. Thank God for my phone. though no, It's the only thing that keeps me in touch. But there's not a better time now to want to get into a Lakers blog with a bunch of other intelligent and high-hard Lakers fans who are itching to, to discuss all of the intricacies of, of where the Lakers can go and what are the next steps and and finally enjoying the, being a Laker fan in the purple and gold after six years of, of frustration and failure.
0: Absolutely, my friend. It is a great time indeed to be a part of it. So join the conversation today at Lakerholics.net. That's L-A-K-E-R-H-O-L-I-C-S.net. You can go ahead and, and be a part of all the great action, all the great conversations, and all the great articles and blogs that are posted on there each and every day concerning the Los Angeles Lakers. The conversation is there for you at LakerHolics.net. We just hope you be a part of it real soon. Well, my friend, it's been great talking to you. Also, on Twitter, if you need to get a hold of Laker Tom for anything, at Laker Tom on Twitter, you can get a hold of him there. For us here at the Lakers Fast Break, first off, if you have any questions for the show, you can always send it to us, LakersFastBreak at yahoo.com, also as well at LakersFastBreak on Twitter. And just to let everyone know out there, there's been some things going on in the background as far as getting this show on more platforms. So I'm proud to announce that we're now finally on not only on Anchor, not only on Spotify, not only on Stitcher, and also Bullhorn, which is my favorite podcast app that's out there. But I tell you what, we're on Breaker, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, and just a great amount of podcast outlets that are on. And then the next few days, we have been told we will be on Apple Podcasts, finally. It's been a long time coming, but Apple Podcasts, that's the big cheese in the podcast universe. And we're going to be on there very shortly. So everybody out there that loves Apple Podcasts, look for the Lakers fast break there. And if you can, please, we truly appreciate it once we get on Apple Podcasts, please give us a five-star review. We need all the five-star reviews we can because the more five-star reviews you have, the higher and faster you go up on the food chain, the more notice you get to the more people that get interested in your show, the larger your show gets. I'm not going to lie to anybody out there. That's what I think the formula is. It's those five-star reviews. So when we get on Apple Podcasts, Please, we would just be so indebted to you if you get us a five-star review. We couldn't thank you enough for that. And if you do, you can post a question on there. I'll actually read it on the show, and we'll go ahead and get that answered for you as well. It's been awesome, my friend. Stay safe up there. I'll tell you what, To everybody in California that's experiencing any displacement or any trouble due to the forest fires, whether you're in Southern or Northern California, our thoughts and prayers are with you from Lakers Fast Break. But any last thoughts on the way out, my friend?
1: No, I think it's going to be fun. Personally, I'm just glad to have a television again. Watching games on a smartphone is is really a strain. Looking forward to this weekend and actually having some good Lakers games to watch and seeing the team grow and seeing Kuzma play.
0: Yes, yes. It will be great to see, finally, Kyle Kuzma play with this year's iteration of the Los Angeles Lakers. Looking forward to it also as well, seeing how AD will continue to play. Hopefully, shoulder will heal up, maybe get a little bit stronger. Hopefully, he will not have any continual issues with that shoulder and he'll get stronger. We'll see more great play from him, LeBron, and the rest of the Los Angeles Lakers and that defense. We'll see that transition over the next three games. So next time you and I talk next week, hopefully we'll be able to talk, like you said, 3-0. and We're open for it. And I'll tell you what, it's going to be great to see all that's going on this weekend right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.